regularly making sure social media platforms are aware of the latest narratives dangerous to public health. You shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others uh, if you are for uh, uh, providing misinformation out there. Algorithms, I don't know how they work, but they all do know how they work. The public has a right to know. That's the point that we're making, and we're dealing with a life or death issue here, and so everybody has a role to play in making sure there's accurate information. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to our show. You can find us online at bcblpodcast.com. In fact, we got some hate mail this week. You can email us info at bcblpodcast.com. That is where, well, the hate mail came via. Yeah, they logged directly onto the website and used the chat feature because you can chat with us on the website too. Oh, is that a chat? I didn't realize that. Yeah, there's a chat box that pops up. I didn't know we got hate mail. Uh, We we, got a hate chat then. uh, Yeah, we got a hate chat. From Truth Social, some guy, we got into it. And then he goes to the website and sends us messages. And I would say what the message was, but all you would hear is... He was really mad. Yeah, he was really mad. Sounds like Amazon buyer. Yeah, I think I got to him a little bit. I (laughs) imagine that. It was worse than Amazon buyer. Yeah. Yeah. So and maybe he's listening. And I don't even remember what his stupid screen name was. If his mom really? went down in the basement, yeah. she'd be disappointed that he was uh, cussing <laughs> yeah. like that. <laughs> Giving away her address. Yeah. What was it, yeah. Illinois, right? Yeah. Yeah, what a uh-huh. So that's the thing. If you're listening, give us a five-star rating. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so I got to tell this one story because I'm, I'm sure that nobody that's listening to this really cares all that much that Queen Elizabeth died this week. But, Who? Yeah. So... And, like, I'm not, like, indignant about it. Like, oh, screw them. Like, I just don't think it matters. I don't understand the American obsession with it, but that's fine. That's another story. So I had to, to go somewhere for work this week and collect a check. And the and it's funny because B.B. Uh, Bedazzle will know who I'm talking about. And then the secretary, I got the check, and I was about to depart and just idle chit-chat this, that, and the other, like, trying to, you know, segue and make my way out the door. And as her computer screen was up, and she was looking away, and she's like, <gasps> like, all right like i didn't know like she joking like what did like you're not able to get something for lunch like they cancel your order what, what's going on here you know and so like i just kind of stood there like confused and she did it again i was like everything okay queen elizabeth just died it's like oh like which i thought she was joking so i'm just like it's too bad it wasn't megan merkel <laughs> and when she turned around her eyes were filled up with tears, and tears started to come out, and she's crying. I'm like, "What the what?" Like that's really? that's. I just edited myself, by the way. I said, "What?" I I thought to myself, "What in the what?" Yeah, I said, "What?" What in the what? Okay. Anyway, I didn't curse people, but she uh, no she. So she's like, "I gotta call my mom." You have a nice day. This is weird. I'm out of here. I know. I, I don't understand it either, but I was getting all these alerts on the phone. When I say I I was getting more alerts about her dying than than like when COVID broke out. Like people texting you or just news alerts? No, news alerts. Well, I mean, it was Did you get any alerts? Uh, I did, but I also got a text message from my oldest daughter in all capital letters because she was serious. <laughs> she texted, Queen Elizabeth is dead. 
My reply back was, yeah, if it was 1775, I'd be really upset. <laughs> Is it because everybody wants to live in a fairy tale or something and, like, be queen and princess? And Man, I don't get it, dude. I just I don't, don't get know. it. I, I don't understand either. I, I don't know why people are enamored with, like, the, dude, king, queen, royalty, like, the, the excess. Because, that, I mean, it's just something that I can't comprehend, man. That's not, like, what average American. I don't know. I just, it doesn't. None of that appeals to me. I don't, I don't. I don't like it. And I know over there, that's steeped in tradition, and I just don't care. Like, kind of like how they don't care about our Second Amendment. They also don't care about oral hygiene. But <laughs> yeah, maybe you're not supposed to say that. And so, and I don't really have a great comprehension of how all that works and who is who. And it's crazy to me that people that do, because uh, there, there's. Somebody at work that I wouldn't have expected. I can't remember who it was, but, well, that's such and such was the son. And I just know the one's a pervert from Epstein Island. That's Andrew, right? Okay. I was trying to figure that out, too. I was wondering yeah. if he was. Andrew's be- the pervert. And and one of the things, too, too that I noticed, like, about the, you know, the quote-unquote royal family. Look, man, Meghan Merkel comes in, like, the stereotypical idiot, trouble-causing jack wagon. They're just, they're all trash, just like everybody else. Like, it's, it's not like you're all not a bunch of freaking weirdos. You got this pet, pedo guy over here, a- Andrew, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was on Epstein Island. This bimbo, her cuckold husband. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I can say that, right? You can say what? Cuckold. I don't know what that means. It's a guy that, it's, it's an effeminate dude that likes, listen, it's a derivative of Shakespearean literature. Based around the, the literally the the uh, was it the cuckoo bird? Yes, because why are you looking at reverse? Though? He's he knows he's what it is as well. He knows what it is. It's a derogatory term. Put it that way. It's a derogatory <laughs> term. We'll leave it at that. So now Son, everybody's what's looking it up. <laughs> so now everybody's looking it up. Yes. They're, oh my they're, goodness. They're a big group of weirdos. It's almost like, dude, you guys could live in a royal palace, or or you'd also fit in a trailer park. It's all the same. <laughs> You're idiots. I probably may offend some people, but whatever. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. I just thought it was crazy the lady was crying. And when I was pulling out of the parking lot at work today, I saw a Kia Soul drive by, and I, I crap you not, dude. Another good edit by me. Another good safe by me. Nice catch. It was a uh, the back the the passenger side rear window had like a, a meant to look like she was riding in it. It was her face like she was riding in the car. Like how did you get the, that the so fast? Queen? Yes. Like, really? Yeah. How, did you like go down to like a graphic store and have that made like yesterday, or did you just get it overnight? And, like, wow. Weekend at Bernie's. First up this evening, we're on Breitbart. What and this, kind of headlines do we have today? Oh, you dude, want, we you got want to touch all. on some topic? Let let our audience know what we're going to be talking about today. We're talking about Mark Zuckerberg's donations. We got uh, we got some COVID stuff. Okay. We know about the myocarditis and what they call blood clots. And some of these scientists are saying that it's actually like these protein clot things. We'll get into that. And there's actually some some pretty gnarly photos of this st- stuff that they're uh, pulling out of these people. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty gross. We got an MSNBC guest talking oh, talking about. Are they coming <clears throat> to the studio? No. Oh no, a guest on MSNBC talking oh. about. So <clears throat> they're talking about the speech from last week, which that that speech occurred like as we were doing the show yeah. last week, and so everybody's familiar with that at this point now. How 
uh, and I guess Pedo Pete was trending after that. No, it was uh, Pedo Joe. No, it was uh, Pedo Hitler. <laughs> so, um, and so I've got a, a good response to that. And I've got, uh, and I've been putting this off for a few weeks uh, because the stuff I talked about that was coming out of the, what they refer to as the pit from True the Vote and uh, Greg Phillips's outfit. The, and we've read Substack uh, pieces from Kanakoa the Great before. And I was processing all the information these people were, were putting out, and it's a lot. And it's pretty complicated, and so many of the names are in Chinese. So it, it's not like, you know, Bob Phillips and Jerry Garcia. You know what I mean? Like, it's these names that all kind of sound the same that are... Yeah. So, um, but they just released a, a, a really, really good one that's succinct, relatively short, and full of information. And it's, it's, it's a really, really good summation of where they're at at this current point. So we'll get through that. And uh, then, as, of course, this week, an idiot cross-stars and confused more on pervert Democrat nutjob wackos, which is only going to is, consist of some really, really good work by Project Veritas. And I promise you'll love it, so stick around for that. All right. But first, we're on Breitbart. And this is a bill that's still in the committee. That uh, it's the, the, the Republicans that are trying to, to support this, which there are quite a few, is basically a way to cur- eat further curtail speech for conservative news outlets, especially online, and give more power back to legacy media via social media. More of the same. And uh, and there's quite a few Republicans supporting this, you say? Thus far, yes. Uh, JCPA, this is Breitbart, JCPA defenders say media cartel bill will help suppress, quote, misinformation. <clears throat> and there's a reason I'm, I'm getting into this. We've got a few uh, things to follow up this, follow this up with. Lobbyists for big media companies are working overtime to get Republican lawmakers on board with the Journalism Competition and Preservation Act, promising it will somehow protect conservative media. Yet those same lobbyists are telling Democrats the bill will help curtail, quote, misinformation online, a buzzword for censoring conservatives. The bill would create an antitrust ex- exemption for media companies allowing them to form a cartel, collectively pressure big tech companies for special favors. Because big tech is so trustworthy at this point as well. And they don't at all work in conjunction with the mainstream media to suppress information already. Yeah. This exacerbates one of the most anti-conservative trends to come out of Silicon Valley, the elevation of legacy media on big tech platforms, and the suppression of its competitors. And the bill supporters have been open about the fact that suppression of so-called misinformation is the goal. In March of 2021, when the JCPA was first introduced, David Chavern, the president and CEO of the News Media Alliance, made, made this goal clear. The News Media Alliance is an umbrella group representing the largest and wealthiest legacy media companies in the U.S. and is the lobbying group that has been most aggressive and persistent in its attempts to pass the bill. Urging lawmakers to pass the bill, Chavern wrote, quote, The cost of inaction in terms of the spread of misinformation we are all experiencing is simply too great to ignore any longer. At a House Judiciary Com- Committee hearing, Chavern and other media lobbyists repeated the same line of argument. The media said Chavern deserved to be bailed out by Congress because it had acted as a clear antidote to the scores of misinformation impacting communities across the country. Emily Barr, CEO of Grand Media Group, another representative of the legacy, legacy media who testified at the hearing, went even further in playing to Democrat narratives telling lawmakers that the bill would help guard against threats to, quote, democracy. This past year has also, again, another quote, This past year has also tested our democracy and the very pillars upon which it stands, including free and diverse press, said Barr, due in large part to the misinformation 
circulating unchecked in the digital ecosystem, more and more Americans have lost faith in the information reaching their eyes and ears. Do you think that that's an accurate statement? <laughs> more and more know. people have well, lost faith in, in that part. the media. Yeah, that's, I think that's but, true. Okay. okay. Um, due in large part to the misinformation circulating unchecked in the digital ecosystem, what she's saying is because of the information on the internet, people don't believe them. Right. But they're yeah. causing the misinformation. Correct. Yeah, they're the yeah. root of it. Right. For what we go to after this, just keep that in mind. So just let me look at that one more time, just to reiterate. Due in large part to the misinformation, well, let me read the whole comment, I'm sorry. This past year has also tested our democracy and the very pillars upon which it stands, including free and diverse press, said Barr. Due in large part to the misinformation circulating unchecked in the digital ecosystem. That tells you it's unchecked. It's got to be checked. They can't have that. In the digital ecosystem, more and more Americans have lost faith in the information reaching their eyes and ears. Senator Tom Cotton, in recent comments condemning the amended version of the legislation currently before the Senate Judiciary Committee, pointed out that Democrat lawmakers supporting the bill also believe it is the antidote to misinformation. Tom Cotton's tweet. Other industries don't have the special privilege of being exempt from antitrust law. Why should conservatives give the media and big tech a handout? Any conservative considering... This bill should note that Jerry Nadler is the lead sponsor and cites widespread misinformation as rationale. In other words, they know this cartel will censor conservatives. And we can stop there and go on to the next one. Washington Times, and this is one from a few weeks ago that I haven't gotten around to. Mark Zuckerberg's, quote, donations rigged the 2020 election. Of course, this information here, this quote-unquote misinformation probably needs to be suppressed because you, you can't read alternative opinions. <laughs> or, or even analysis, because analysis is even dangerous too. And... In my opinion, this is just my opinion. It'll be before our special segment, so there's a few things in between. But when you start to see what we've already talked about on here, the Chinese influence and infiltration evidence that we're seeing into our elections, this stuff is coming out more and more hot and heavy. Is trying to c- control the flow of information. They, it seems to me they're trying to contain that. They don't want that to get out to the, to the wider base of people to even know about this. Because... All that stuff with COVID was, was quote-unquote misinformation, all of that. But then you add ivermectin to the NIH website as a, as a treatment for COVID. We talked about this last week. Yeah. So who, who was the one that was... Exactly. Was dealing yeah. in misinformation? So, And, like, what are the repercussions of that? Nothing. Exactly. That's, nothing. And that's the, that's the beauty of it for them. Nothing. Dude, there's no retracting, no, Nothing. I just don't see how they can continue to get away with that. Outright suppression, like just like they just said. If if they can't convince you, they'll just suppress the alternative opinion. So it's when there's only one source of news and the government is state controlled, it's just like China. <laughs> you believe the narrative or plant tulips, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the twenty twenty presidential election was decided by just forty two thousand votes in three states. If the 37 electoral votes in Wisconsin, Arizona, and Georgia had flipped the other way, President Biden would not be president right now. During the toss-up election we experienced in 2020, both sides were looking for innovative ways to gain an advantage over their opponent due to the challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic. A major adjustment or a minor tweak to the allocation of campaign resources can make all the difference because it came down to the mere thousands of votes out of over 150 million cast to decide the next leader of the free world. That brings us to Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg's, quote, donation 
of nearly $400 million during the 2020 election, rigged the Zuckerberg-funded plot to defeat Donald Trump, investigates why Zuckerberg made the unprecedented investment in the election, follows the money through official tax documents, and seeks to set the record straight about exactly what happened. The film's all-star cast includes former President Donald Trump, former House Speaker Newt Gingrich, Senator Ted Cruz, Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry, former Trump Counselor Kellyanne Conway, Ohio State Secretary Ken Blackwell, former Wisconsin Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman, and more. For nearly two years, the liberal media has ignored this Pulitzer Prize-worthy story just like they blew off the Hunter Biden laptop story until recently. Hopefully, this new documentary will put some pressure on the biased corporate media to stop looking the other way. A lot of people ask, in today's politics, is $400 million that big of a deal? Well, look at it this way. The Democrat National Committee's total expenditures for the entire two-year 2020 election cycle were $461 million. Good wow. God. By using the excuse of the COVID-19 emergency, roughly $400 million flowed through, through two liberal-leaning 501c3 organizations under the guise of supporting a safe election during the pandemic in 2020. What ended up happening amounted to an enormous Democrat voter turnout operation complete with mass mail-in voting, insecure drop boxes, recruiting poll workers, and ballot curing, all courtesy of Zuck Bucks. The group that got the bulk of Mr. Zuckerberg's money, the Center for Tech and Civic Life, sent some 2,500 grants to government election offices in 48 states. Defenders of Mr. Zuckerberg contend that more grants went to Trump areas while conveniently ignoring the fact that the vast amount of money was targeted to critically important areas for Mr. Biden. In fact, approximately 160 of the 2,500 grants were for 400000 and more totaled a whopping $272 million. And 92% of the money flowed to jurisdictions that Mr. Biden carried. Mr. Zuckerberg's claim that it was a nonpartisan effort because of 501c3-funded projects must be as a matter of law. However, public records suggest it was partisan, highly partisan, in fact. The fact is that an overwhelming percentage of the funds were distributed exactly where Mr. Biden needed the help the most, in critically important jurisdictions within electoral college battleground states and to Democrat vote-rich areas around the country to boost Mr. Biden's popular vote tally. So why did Mr. Zuckerberg decide to do this? In the wake of the 2016 election, Mr. Zuckerberg was attacked and questioned by many on the left, from Hillary Clinton to his own employees, because his platform was instrumental in helping Trump win the presidency. It appears that Zuckerberg's Herculean... $400 $400 million spending spree on the 2020 election may have been an attempt to right his wrong with the left over what it blamed him for in 2016. There's simply no way he would have made this investment if it could have possibly helped Mr. Trump get reelected. Much of Mr. Zuckerberg's money is documented by CTCL's tax filings. The January 2022 report shows grants of $860,000 to Kenosha, $1.2 million to both Green Bay and Madison, $1.7 to Racine, and $3.4 million to Milwaukee. These five critical cities alone received about $8.5 million of the $10.1 million that flowed into Wisconsin from CTCL and $5.1 million of Mr. Zuckerberg's money was spent in Arizona, four difference-making counties, Maricopa, Pima, Apache, Coconino, Coconino, were carried by President Biden and received nearly 76% of CTCL's grants. The funding helped Biden grow his turnout by nearly 700,000 votes and funded counties over Hillary Clinton's 2016 total. CTCL sent $45 million to Georgia, more than any other state in the country, and 94% of the funds went to jurisdictions carried by Mr. Biden. It's clear that Mr. Zuckerberg's money was a key difference maker in 2020. In the film, Mr. Cruz describes the operation as ruthlessly effective. I like to say that if nothing improper occurred, as Mr. Zuckerberg insists, why have 12 states in counting enacted laws that ban or restrict the private funding of elections? It's also worth noting that five Democratic governors 
have vetoed similar similar legislation in their own states, which should tell you all you need to know about whether the plan was partisan or not. Rigged seeks to raise awareness on the of the dangers of the Zuckerberg model of private election funding. Recently, Justice Gableman's report alleged an election bribery scheme in Wisconsin, and Mr. Landry had a big win in court in his ongoing investigation of private election funding in Louisiana. There was nothing free or fair about the infamous 2020 Zuckbucks operation. Those responsible must be held accountable, and we must all work to make sure it never happens again. And again, that's on uh, Washington Times, and what, who is that? David Bozzi. That was his piece. So when they're talking about controlling information, this would obviously be misinformation. Why would that be when one of the social media tech giants is complicit, and that's who, that's who they're making this bill to work in conjunction with? That is a tremendous amount of money. And if they just throw out $400 million, you really don't know yeah. where that lines up to the money spent. So I'm glad that they put that $461 million for the whole Democratic. Yeah, absolutely. Because And what makes you think they're not going to do that again? Ah, man, I have no doubt they're going to do it again. I have no yeah. doubt they're going to cheat again. And, but the thing is, too, you have legions and legions of quote-unquote conservative people that are still addicted to this platform, refuse to get off of it. I know. And, and again, and I don't, I'm not trying to browbeat people. I'm just saying these people are undermining you and your participation on their platform is eroding your right to free speech and actual free and fair elections. And I just want to know, is it really worth it? Like, is it, well, I'm not, I'm not on their platform. I'm not on any social media like that, but I mean, is to the people that still on it, I mean, is it, really worth it i mean is being on this social media platform mm -hmm. really yeah. worth all of the sacrifices apparently so the proof's in the pudding dude and so just like we were talking about tiktok before how the the nature and design of it and facebook was no different was was created to be addictive to keep you hooked in and we've talked about it on here before the dopamine release with the like button and and getting people to like your posts and your pictures and so the same, and totally beating a dead horse, because this is on the very first few episodes, if not the first, do keeping up with your friends, man. Like, And that's my question. That's the thing, too. Like, Are those people really your friends when the level of competition and, and uh, deceit by trying to form an opinion that probably doesn't really add up to reality and being up in people's businesses, are these really your real friends? Because, dude, my real friends I talk to on the phone almost daily. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and there's not a lot of them, but that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't. If I don't... You don't talk to me daily, so... I said almost daily. Hey, some weekly. How about yeah. that? No, but it's, it's, you know that was a stereotypical excuse that I heard forever. It's a way to keep up with my friends and family. Your cell phone's completely capable of all that. Email is completely capable of all that. And, man, you, you can carbon copy whoever you want on an email and send pictures that way. That's what people used to do. Nobody's telling you to churn your own butter or make your own soap. It's just a couple different clicks on a desktop, dude. Like, does that make sense though? Take take a step back five years, not not a hundred. Yeah, it's not that. But do people can't even do that? No, I got to share it this way. Okay, you do that. Anyway, what's next? Some more. I don't know. Just kind of in the the idea of information, misinformation, whatever. This is on Breitbart poll. Three in ten Americans did not get a coronavirus vaccine. I figured it would be more than that. That didn't get it. Three in 10 Americans did not get a coronavirus vaccine. Three in 10 Americans did not receive any vaccine for the Chinese coronavirus, despite the government's coercive efforts and attempts in enforcing mandates and restrictions, a poll from The Economist found. The survey asked respondents to indicate which statement describes them the best. 
while a majority, 71%, indicated that, that they received at least one shot of any manufacturer's COVID-19 vaccine. Three in 10, 29%, said they have not. The figure is highest among independents, 39% of whom they said had not received any coronavirus vaccine. Another 35% of Republicans indicated they have not received a vaccine either, and 14% of Democrats said the same. Trump voters are far less likely to say they received a coronavirus vaccine as well, as 34% said they did not, compared to 91% of 2020 Biden voters who said that they did get at least one jab. The survey was taken August 28th to 30th, 2022, among 1,500 U.S. adult citizens and comes as some across the country are on their fourth shot. Fourth shot? That's insane. Are they still able to... And I'm not trying to break balls. Tell me what's insane about it specifically. I mean, there's after the proof that the first two never worked, why are you going to keep on pumping this into your, into your body? I mean, I made that mistake. Uh, I, I see this stuff. I wish I could go back every day and, you know, not get it. But I made that bet. I'm going to have to lay in it 10 years from now when I'm six feet under because of it. But... I could not see it getting four. I mean, there's just and, no and need. Yeah, they're developing one or have developed one right now for the Omicron variant for, for kids, apparently. Whatever. After months of controversy, it is well-established fact that now the vaccines themselves do not actually stop the transmission of the virus, a claim President Joe Biden made over the course of the pandemic. During a CNN town hall in July of 2021, Biden spread, misinform- Biden spread misinformation, stating that vaccinated individuals would not get the virus. But again, this is quoting him. But again, one last thing. Uh, we don't talk enough about this to you. I don't think. Yeah, that's clear. <laughs> one last thing that's really important is we're not in a position where we can think any virus, including the Delta virus, was much more transmissible and more deadly in terms of non-unvaccinated people. The, the various, various shots that people are getting now cover that. They're, you're okay. And I, this is, I'm reading this verbatim, by the way. You're not going to, you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Right. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Um, he had it twice. His wife had it twice. And again, as far as the purveyors of misinformation, you tell me who that would be. Dude, you're not um, trustworthy and people don't believe you because you're consistently wrong. And that's one of the things that I've implored people. To, I hear it with regularity that I'm not political. And I, and obviously people still, a, a wide swath of the population still consumes mainstream media. And they, well, who do you, who do you, where do you get your news? Does it matter? Why don't you do your, and I could point you in a few different directions, but perhaps maybe you should look at the historical accuracy of online media outlets. Do your own research. And so you have time and thought invested into who you're getting your information from as far as, is this accurate or not? But they, how can they have that much time if they still have to log six hours a day on <laughs> social media? But, but that's TikTok my point. Because being political, it's always was conveyed to me that it was kind of a negative thing. Like I was mocked for it, even at t- times when I'd met you in like car culture. Like it was I know a, when it, you were in elementary school, <laughs> people used to ridicule you because uh, yeah. you were so political. I'm just saying it was. It wasn't. And it's becoming more and more popular, but I think that, it, that it's always been a necessity because when these people make a decision that affects your your personal, they're going to dictate, or at least attempt to dictate that you're going to take an injection that you don't want to take, or you lose your family, your job, your house, you know, everything because you didn't comply. They demand compliance on political pretenses. Everything's political, and so it would behoove anybody to take take the time to find people that are consistently 
accurate when they're conveying information to you, when they're conveying real news to you, look at the historical accuracy of, of news outlets. If they're consistently wrong, don't pay attention to that outlet. That would be a good idea. I think that would that's basic common sense, is it not? It'd be nice to have a, a website that actually charted that. As far as oh, how, how much they're wrong? Oh, yeah. yeah. Just in general. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and you'll see articles from time to time. I don't know about it as far as like a compilation of, of stats. I mean, yeah, that, that would be interesting to see. Because, I mean, you have like quote-unquote fact checkers that are totally and completely politically motivated and biased. So, again, you can't like go Snopes. there. Right. Yeah. You can't go there to find anything yeah. as far as accuracy goes. And we discussed that before. So, small nuances will dictate what they, what they deem. And they do this with everything, false or true. And... And I've talked about it before, you know, as a, on a fact check, Robert Byrd was a grand dragon in the KKK, false. So that people get to the false part and can completely discount in its entirety. That's that's not true. But read the fine print. And they may not they may or may not include it on on various fact checking things. It'll just say false and they'll leave it at that purposefully misguiding you. That's so technically sure he wasn't that because he was the exalted Cyclops. But that's just one example of so many. There's more. Yeah. But that's just. But that is how they do that with that nuance. So that that gives them the plausible deniability. Oh well, he's not that. But yeah, but he's this. So you didn't say that. Yeah. So it's misinformation by omission, which again is, that's not that's not accurate. I know if your kids do that to you, they get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So. If your government does that to you, they get rewarded, and then they just do it more. And, and not only do they get rewarded, you get punished. Biden would go on to suggest months later that vaccinated individuals were not spreading the disease as public health officials continued to beg Americans to get the jab. Ironically, quadruple vax Biden would eventually go on to con- contract the virus. Look how hairy his arms are. Just like his legs, kids like the rub. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I like the set in the pool. He knows a thing, thing or two about cockroaches. He said to himself, how many times did he get it? He got it back to back. Four. It says he's quadruple vaxxed. No, I'm saying how to, um, how many times he contracted um, coronavirus. Well, he got it, but then they think they said it was like a rebound. Hmm. So he had it, and then he was supposedly over it, and then... Was that like his marriage? He got off, yeah. He got off his medicine, and it came back. Pretty sure Jill Biden... Doctor? Jill Biden? Yeah, she hell of a doctor. Did. Yeah. She was, his, she was Hunter's babysitter. I'm pretty pretty yeah. confident. What's next? Oh, yeah. This is this is interesting, dude. And so this this is a really really freaky one, and I, I saw this on Epic Times. So what is this though? Veryutron dot com. It was also on Epic Times, and uh, this is some freaky stuff, man. Embalmers have been finding numerous long fibrous clots lacking postmortem characteristics, and there are some photos there. What what it looks like spaghetti mixed with, and that's, that's suspended in embalming fluid, right? Yeah. Several embalmers across the country have been observing many large and sometimes very long fibrous and rubbery clots inside the corpses they treat and are speaking out about their findings. Numerous embalmers from different states confirmed to the Epic Times that they have been seeing these strange clots starting from either 2020 or 2021. It's not yet known if the cause of the new clot phenomenon is COVID-19, vaccines, vaccines, both, or something different. The Epic Times received videos and photos of the anomalous clots but cannot upload them due to the level of gore. Mike Adams, who runs an ISO 17025 accredited lab in Texas, analyzed clots in August and found them to be lacking iron, potassium, magnesium, and zinc. Adams' lab uses inductively coupled plasma mass spectrometry, triple 
quadrupole mass spectrometer and liquid chromophotography mass spectrometry, usually testing food for metals, pesticides, and glyphosate. So to, to reiterate that last sentence, he has a lot of fancy equipment. Yes. Quote, we have tested one of the clots from embalmer Richard Hirschman via ICPMS, also tested side-by-side live human blood from an unvaccinated person, Adams told the Epic Times. He found that the clots are lacking key elements present in healthy human blood, such as iron, potassium, and magnesium, suggesting that they are formed from something other than blood. Adams is joining analytic, has joined analytic forces with more doctors and plans to invest out of their own pocket and equipment in order to further de- determine their composition and probable causation. The string-like structures differ in size, but the longest can be as long as a human leg, and the thickest can be as thick as a pinky finger. As long as a human leg? Well, I mean, when you look at the way they're doubled over in, in those containers, I mean... Wow. I mean, that's gnarly, dude. So once that, once that thing was kind of untangled, that would... Drastic increase in clots. Richard Hirschman, a licensed funeral director and embalmer in Alabama, recalled that he has been in the trade since the tragedy of 9-11. Quote, prior to 2020 and 2021, we probably would see somewhere between 5 to 10% of bodies that we would embalm having blood clots, Hirschman told Epic Times. We are familiar with what blood clots are, and we've had to deal with them over time, he said. He now says 50% to 70% of the bodies he sees have clots. For me to embalm a body without any clots, kind of like how it was in the day prior to all of this stuff, it's rare, Hirschman said. The exception is to embalm a body without clots, he noted. So there's a big chart there they kind of analyzed. Wade Hamilton, a cardiologist who is familiar with clots, told the Epic Times the fact that the magnesium, potassium, and iron are very low in the samples could suggest that there are not the usual post-mortem clots, that in fact there was no blood flow in these vessels. These structures raise but do not totally answer some interesting questions. The combination of low electrolytes and the the novel very strong string-like structures suggest that these areas where the string-like structures are seen in the blood vessels did not receive circulation. They are not normal post-mortem findings, according to experienced embalmers bent on obtaining total body vascular access from one site because of the unusual clots they were unable to. Unable to. They are not normal post-mortem clots, but rather the long, tiny strings may have been ideologic in the deaths preventing circulation to those regions. Others have shown that the spike protein can and does unfold and form a different configuration, contributing to the tight string-like bonded structures with longitudinal twisting as well as cross-binding. Visible microscopy, each one measuring angstroms in diameter. It takes 25,400,000 angstroms to make an inch. A typical capillary is around 5 microns, so many strings are needed to occlude a vessel. The embalming process has become much more difficult, too, causing some embalmers to have to drain the blood via multiple points instead of a single spot. In 20 years of embalming, I have never seen these white fibrous structures in the blood, nor have others in my field. In the past year, I have seen these strange clots in many different individuals, and it doesn't seem to matter what they die of. They often have similar substances in their blood. This makes me very concerned because if something is wrong in the blood, it begs the question, is something causing people to die prematurely, Hirschman said. As the summer of 2021 went on, COVID deaths were on the decline, but the clots increased in number. My suspicion is that the vaccine may be the cause of these strange clots. I realize that I'm not a doctor, nor am I a scientist, but I do know what blood looks like, and I'm very familiar with the embalming process that I've been doing for two decades. I do not know 100% what causes these clots, but I do know from my experience and through speaking with several other embalmers and funeral directors, none of us had seen these strange clotting, this strange clotting before. 
Hirschman sent the clots to a few pathologists and claims that some of them have overlooked them, probably due to fear of retaliation. He has embalmed thousands of bodies and, are very, and is very familiar with blood, and he feels that the blood of most of the bodies he has seen in the last two years has changed. Hirschman is not afraid to lose his job because he's a trade embalmer and not employed by a funeral home, but is also cautious not to reveal where exactly he works. They're not even dead from COVID. They're dying of sudden heart attacks, strokes, cancers. It doesn't seem to matter what these people die of nowadays. So many of them have the same anomalies in their blood. The blood is different. Something is causing the blood to change, and the whole purpose of me trying to come out was to try to say, look, something's wrong. Let's figure out what it is so maybe we can find a way to help break this stuff down and save people's lives, Hirschman said. If it's not the vaccine, fine. What is it? Let's figure it out because something is causing it, and it can't be healthy. And that's not even halfway through this, but it's, it's, there's quite a bit of information, but you can get the basic gist of it. There's some very weird stuff going on. And again, I still tie this back to the first story with, with the desire for them to curtail information like this. And I think, again, in conjunction with stories, not only about election fraud, but you know, all these things where they've told you to get this, coerced you to get this, attempted to force you to get this, and now you're th- seeing things occurring and th- they're making the claim that people's blood is changing. Still just trying to process all this. I mean, it's like you hear about the clots and you hear about people dying because of this and because of that and, and everything. When you see this stuff, that's not how I visualize the clots that they're talking about. Well, yeah, I agree. And the angle I was trying to take with it, man, when you think about it, this sounds outlandish. But again, you you were so people will discount this and say that isn't true. But they said that so many other things weren't true. And usually the things that we've covered in this vein have all turned out to be true since the inception of doing this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Just like... And dude, the Epic Times, like I was saying, with as far as historical accuracy, they, by my estimation, it's, it's a, high, well, a far higher level than CNN, MSNBC, so on and so forth. What's interesting is how they said it doesn't have the magnesium and the iron and... And all that in it. And, and, I, and I think it goes on to say, and the other people have speculated as well, is that it's not an actual blood clot. It's something else. Like it's a protein mass or something, but it is in the blood. But snake-like, yeah. And so... It's an experiment. It's something's... Well, I would have to... Remember, and I want to say that... it. I mean, I could continue reading this. It's a very long story, so for time constraints, and there will be a link to this story on, or rather in the description of the podcast. But Make sure you click on it to see these pictures. I, I've just sent it to some people that I know that got the vaccine so they can see what's growing inside of them. Possibly, potentially. I mean, well, I don't know. Anyway. Likely. Well, and, and I think that he all, again, he, perhaps I should, let me, let me continue reading. Let me do that. I mean, I, I think that it's that it's, that it's worthy of a little more time, right? Hirschman is not always able to talk to the families, but has been diligently trying to confirm if the bodies of the people with clots have been back had been vaccinated. The funeral house sometimes knows the vaccination status of the deceased person and tells him. Sometimes it may also be that the person got vaccinated and did not tell the family. "Quote: I had a 49-year-old was totally healthy, getting ready for work. Collapse is dead." Next thing you know, I'm embalming him, and guess what I'm pulling out of him? The same stuff. Same stuff. He was totally fine, totally healthy, shocked everybody. Find out, oh yeah, not only was he vaccinated, he was boosted, Hirschman recalled. He also stated that he found the same stuff in a man who had a stroke while sleeping and who died of cancer. I spoke with the embalmer in Louisiana, and she said the same thing, Hirschman said. 
Sometimes they're not huge. There are other varieties of anomalies. Some of them were small. Sometimes they are little specks, like pieces of sand or coffee grounds. Hirschman annotated the details of the bodies that he has embalmed in the last few years. 2018 total bodies, 410. 2019, 439. 2020, 572. 2021, 632. 2022 total bodies so far, 364. And so fourth quarter of 21, 179. November 919. Okay, 9 of 19 clotted. In December, 19 of 40 clotted. First quarter of 22, 38 not clotted, 67 heavy clots, 20 confirmed vaccinated. Second quarter, total of 90, 11 not clotted, 38 heavy clots, 21 confirmed vaccinated. Third quarter, 19 not clotted, 51 heavy clots, 15 confirmed vaccinated. Other embalmers. Wallace Hooker is an expert embalmer who lectures on a national level as well as internationally. He has a significant presence on social media, especially on some private embalming websites. Hooker sees about 300 bodies a year and has seen numerous clots of the same kind Hirschman has. He told the Epic Times that people are seeing these clots. It's not just Richard and me and Anna Foster, another embalmer. I have people sending me photos almost every week of what they're seeing, Hooker said. After he stated that he suspected the vaccines could have something to do with the clots, He was dismissed by some people who said he wasn't a qualified doctor who could not comment on the cause. Hooker also suspects that so-called sudden adult death syndrome could have some relation to these clots. I'm not a doctor either, (laughs) and I came to the same conclusion. (laughs) Hooker lives in a conservative rural area, and from his observation, fewer of the people there have been vaccinated compared to those in big cities. At least 25% of what I was embalming would display a significant amount of clotting, Hooker said. He also noted that some embalmers with lesser skill might not find the clots after draining and that pathologists who do autopsies on the bodies might do not do a full check of the vascular system. Larry Mills, a licensed embalmer and funeral director in the state of Alabama, has been in the funeral business since 1968 and has been involved with the embalming procedure since the beginning of his career. Quote, We as embalmers are seeing some strange clots since the COVID outbreak. These clots are very rubbery feeling and very long as they exit the veins and we use that we use during the embalming procedure. They really appear to be like earthworms. I have never seen this in my career until now, Mills told the Epic Times. Other funeral directors or embalmers wanted to maintain an anonymity because they don't know how the funeral houses would react. Quote, I can tell you with certainty that the clots Richard has shown online are a phenomenon that I have witnessed until probably have not witnessed until probably the middle of last year. That is pretty much all I have to say about it. I have no knowledge as to what is causing the clots, but they did seemingly start showing up around the middle of 2021. Another bomber licensed around 2001 told the Epic Times, you can rest assured that the clots we are seeing are not something we ever saw prior to last year, he added. A licensed funeral director and and apprentice embalmer who has been in the funeral industry for over three years has participated in over 200 embalmings. Quote, during May of 2021, the embalming process became more difficult. The normal draining of the blood was almost halted by thick, jelly-like blood instead of the blood flowing normally down the table. It was very viscous. Gosh. So thick that it would not wash down the table without assistance, she told the Epic Times. As time passed since the vaccines were distributed, she has seen more of the thick blood as well as the thick, fibrous-like clots. The clots are not only clotting the veins, but the arteries as well. She explained the normal embalming usually takes around two hours. Now it can take up to four hours. 
the distribution of the arterial fluid is being blocked by these clots and making my job more difficult. The clots are so large and thick that with the flow of the arterial solution, massage and manipulation of the artery or vein is necessary for removal, she continued. I am able to assist some of the large clots with forceps. Many families have reported their loved one's death as a sudden heart attack, embolisms, and blood clots. Many families have stated that their family members have had no health issues prior to receiving the vaccine. I myself am vaccinated as well as, as, well as my parents. My father was vaccinated with the Moderna vaccine. Two weeks later, he had an emergency surgery for blood clots in his popliteal artery. After his second vaccine dose, he was hospitalized with more clots. He had surgery a second time, and the third time he almost died. My father had to have complete bypass in his leg. During my father's hospitalization, my best friend's father was having emergency surgery at the same hospital for a massive heart attack, which he suffered weeks after receiving the vaccine. My father now suffers from nerve damage and loss uses in his leg, and my mother received her Moderna vaccine. She has suffered complications of heart valve failure and surgery for blood clots in her arteries. I've been diagnosed with, I can't pronounce all these big medical terms, pericardial effusion of the tricuspid valve and I also have myocarditis. I started having sharp chest pain, shortness of breath, and it has progressively become worse. I went to the surgery room and followed up with a cardiologist who diagnosed me. My blood pressure is at an all-time high. I was a very healthy person until I received the Moderna vaccine, she stated. The Epic Times reached out to Moderna for comment. Three other embalmers also confirmed over the phone having witnessed anomalous clots. And which vaccine did you receive? Pfizer. Uh, it doesn't make me feel any better. I mean... So have you had any sharp pains or anything? No, I haven't. But, I mean, I guess that doesn't mean anything. I could drop dead whenever. Again, everything in relation to this vaccine was conspiratorial until it wasn't. It's mind-blowing to me, man. Like, the, the which I, I have a hard time understanding and, and, and like, using Reverso as an example. I know, like, oh, I, I because I had the X, Y, or Z going on, so that's why I decided to get this. And every, there's most everybody I know that has, has received a vaccine says that, but... Again, that's where it gets back to be, being political and realizing that, you know, this, I think this thing in its entirety was, was completely steeped in politics. And, and look, man, I, it gets pretty conspiratorial as far as how my opinion goes on the, the whole thing with COVID. I think that it was created in the lab and I think that it was strategically released because they, and I thought that initially, but when, again, going back historically, they said it came from a, a bat at a wet market. Yeah. Now we know that is completely false. And like everything else we've talked about, there was no repercussion for that absolute unequivocal blatant lie that wrecked everything. But it got Donald Trump out of office. And do I and so some people might think, oh, they would do all that to get him out of office. Well, look what they're still doing. Yes, yes I absolutely believe that. Because they control everything. And, and again, when you look at how deep China's involved into this stuff, yeah, absolutely. And I said it at the onset, and I'll say it again now, and I think that I've got more affirmation that that's accurate now than I ever had, that the Democrat Party, along with their Chinese counterparts, strategically released that, this. That's what I think. That's my opinion of how this played out. And so I, do, do I think the stuff that's going on like this is by design? I, I, I don't know. I, I think that I don't know that the vaccine was tied in with all that, but I, the vaccine was developed and pushed by Donald Trump under political pressure to do something because originally he didn't go with his gut feeling, which was this is like a seasonal flu, and he because he they lambasted him for saying that it would disappear, so by spring this will be gone. And if 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 left to its own devices, that looking back now historically that would have been accurate. Yeah. 
but see, he didn't go with his gut. He folded to political pressure, to poll numbers. And again, that, that was probably, he probably would have lost had he, you know, had he not attempted to make a vaccine. Because the, 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 the lying media that wants to control the narrative still via congressional edict said that it was bad if he didn't do it. They controlled that narrative, dude. They made him, made him out to be evil for not wanting to do it. He fell to the political pressure. They were really good at putting him in positions where there was no right choice. So he would he would have lost le- legitimately, I think, had he not. Because, see, remember, when he was holding those daily press conferences, his poll numbers went up. And so the media was mad. They didn't like the way he was holding those press conferences daily to keep people posted on what was going on, talking about developments of potential, at that time, potential development of a vaccine. But he was talking about therapeutics at that time and ivermectin. And then when they, when they made up the thing, or rather twist his words about, you know, uh, injecting bleach, which is not what he said, but using uh, light and stuff like that, di- different things they were actually looking at, then they tried to twist it around. Again, the same line in media that's always been wrong, tried to twist around and manipulate his words. So... All that to say, do I think that they would do this on purpose? I think they they could, would, and did. Yeah. And we're still, and you'll be seeing the long term negative effects of what this what they did for years to come, years to come. There's no telling. And that's the thing. Like, do I think Reverso is going to kill over dead? No. Um, do I think it had a more detrimental effect to certain types of people? There's dude. There's different blood types. There's a variety of. And dude, I'm not a doctor, obviously. There's a lot of factors that how this would affect, affect a, a person individually. I would assume the type of vaccine, blood type, what kind of shape you're in. There's, there's got to be a myriad of factors that kind of determine how your body reacts to some of this. And again, there's, no, there's not complete uniformity amongst the, the different man, vaccine manufacturers. So there, there's a lot of moving parts. But either way, I, it, and I know I'm kind of rambling here, but... Dude, when people aren't political and they can't ascertain that they're being lied to, the it's good for the government and it's bad for us. It's good for the people that hold the levers of power and choose to manipulate the people instead of do the will of the people and, and do right by them. And this is how it works out every time. It never behooves someone to be, and you can call it political, you can call it civically engaged, you can call it whatever you want. But to give the government carte blanche because you think they're benevolent, is a bad idea. It's always been a bad idea. And one of the precepts or, or the, the foundational principles of this country was to not do that. It was to do the opposite, to pay attention. And that's what they've gotten everybody away from. So they're susceptible to this nonsense. And that's why I get so mad at the people that, that took this. Like, dude, why did you do that? Yeah, you, I know. you knew better than to do that. Why the hell did you do this? Yeah, just but, pay attention to what's going on around you. You know, I mean, just take a little bit of time and just pay attention to what's going on around you. But it's fear-based. Like, that's the I, problem. People yeah. react to to fear tactics still. I know, but if you always have your head buried in the sand and you don't take time to educate yourself, you always react to fear like that because you don't know what's going on. And and that's applicable to investment strategy or anything. Exactly. So many things in life. But yeah, when the government has become this deeply involved in personal medical decisions, it's time to get political. That's my point. Absolutely. So what's next? (laughs) So this was the MSNBC guest, and we'll kind of keep this one short. There's a few more things I want to get to, and I know we're running longer than I thought we would because of that particular conversation, but that's okay. Uh, The people that want to... So MSNBC, they'd be beneficial recipients of said legislation if it was to pass. So let's see what one of their guests thinks just about anything, life in general. Let's hear it. And he looks sane, by the way. But this is the people they give a legitimate platform to. 
think that's such a crucial point. His followers, Republican, mainstream establishment Republicans, are echoing these calls for violence, all but threatening it. What was your take? Well, first of all, uh, I have my uh, red LED lighting since the Republicans are so, oh, my God, upset because uh, President Joe Biden, uh, they claim, oh, he looked like uh, he was in Russia. Pastor Charles Jenkins has uh, an intro to his song War uh, where he says, when the enemy is coming at you, you can't fall down, you can't break down. This means war. That is where we are. We are at war with these people. These folks are evil. They have allowed evil into their house with Donald Trump. He has now dominated the party. This evil is spreading. And when you are in a war footing, you have to respond accordingly. It's about time President Joe Biden decided to get tough. It's about time his advisors stopped being weak and stopped being impotent and not fighting back. What these people want to do to this country is destroy democracy. They want to rig elections. And so it requires you to stand strong. You don't walk comments back. You don't wilt under the pressure. Republicans and conservatives, they are weak. All they do is whine and complain, oh my God, he called us semi-fascists. They have called Democrats uh, Marxists. They have called them communists. They have called them socialists. They have called them pedophiles. And all of a sudden, now you get hit and now you start whining. Well, guess what, Democrats? Guess what, Biden? Guess what, Jamie Harrison, Schumer, Pelosi, and everyone else? You keep hitting. You keep pounding. Because this is about the future of our children. I've got 13 nieces and nephews, and I'd be damned if I'm going to leave a country for them run by these crazed, deranged folks who want to impart evil in every facet of our society. Yeah, it's a scary thing. To- scary thing. So, <clears throat> who is this guy? Roland Martin. Roland's Martin. Roland S. Martin? Yeah, I'm not sure what he is or anything like that. I know that he's on uh, a mainstream, you know, a nationally syndicated news show on a mainstream outlet that, again, would would benefit from the legislation we discussed as the opener, and he's talking like that. And so people masquerade as if, oh, you know, the right wants civil war. That sounds to me like, you know, when you have Maxine Waters, so if you see them in a gasoline station, get in their face. All the rhetoric from these people. And mind you, if violence broke out, this guy's not going to be involved. Like people like this will happily gin up violence. And so just kind of working backwards. Well, they've called us Marxists, socialists, communists, and pedophiles. Oh, true. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, from <laughs> looking at the list, you've identified as all of those things. Yeah. And you might not identify as a pedophile, but you have identified as Marxist, socialist, and communist happily, and you've proven your pedophiles by your behavior. And it, how rich is it that you know talking, referring? Oh, the, this is for the future of our children. Huh. So even with like all the gender bender, gender bending theory, that's for the future of your children. And so, and like that's the thing, you know, the, obviously from the speech he was referencing last week, and that's the thing. Like this show is. We're tearing down the pillars of democracy by practicing free speech, going to work, paying your taxes, raising a family, not breaking the law. Does anybody here got a criminal record? No. Okay. But we're MAGA fascist, MAGA fascist democracy destroyers. He was a CNN contributor. MSNBC, CNN. Yeah. 
appearing on a variety of shows, including The Situation Room, Anderson Cooper's AC360, and many others. Yeah, of course, dude. So, stereo- sure, he's stereotypical, but, dude, like, they're they're putting out the call to violence. And then she said, oh, they're all but, th- at, the, at the beginning, they're all but threatening violence. Weird. All but. Okay, so everything but threatening violence. Okay, well, what, what would that entail? Can you elaborate on that? Of course they won't. But, dude, you guys wholeheartedly endorsed, promoted, and glorified an entire summer of people rioting, burning, looting, and murdering while we were all at work raising families. So I don't need to hear it. And with him, evil is spreading, rigging elections. Nobody wants to rig an election. People want transparency. You guys covered up windows pulled boxes out, ballot drops, ballot mules, a, a whole multitude of things that indicate an absolutely stolen election. And it's us that wants to rig them. Yeah. Come on, dude. Come on, man. What uh, What do we got next? Because I won't have to read. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just thought this guy had... This is, uh, I don't know who this is, but I thought it was a really good take on Biden's speech. This is the best summary I could find, so we'll just let this dude say it and... Move on. <laughs> it's always crazy hearing the like blast from the past arguments from politicians like we need to heal the division in this country. There is no reconciliation to be had. The left wing in America is absolutely convinced of their own righteousness and absolutely convinced also of the evil, the ontological evil of their enemies, you. The terms that they offer you have changed since they have gained power. It is no longer live and let live. It is you will either submit to our tyranny or you will be destroyed. And I think we've seen enough of the consequences of live and let live mentality with Roe v. Wade. What's the result? 63 million dead babies. And now the president and virtually every single mainstream Democrat is working to legislate away parental consent and even knowledge from children 10 years old going through sex reassignment surgery and gender hormone therapy. This is a battle of good versus evil. They hate God, they hate the family, and they hate me for being white and we're supposed to be friends. And so we have Crystal Matthews again. That's a South Carolina state rep and U.S. Senate candidate that's running for Tim Scott's seat that we saw a, a month or so ago. Yeah, I remember her. Yeah, that uh, wanted to get the dope boys, dope, yeah. the dope boys, yeah. to uh, give her, get her some money out there and pretend that they were Republicans and all that fun stuff. And had, I think she dropped the N-bomb a couple times. Yeah. If you enjoyed her dropping the N-bomb, you're really going to like this video. Um, yeah, they, they, they got her again. So, And look... B.B. Bedazzle said a while back that, you know, he, he donated, and I think I said this already, he donated to Project Veritas, and they got a bunch of emails because that's what they do. Yeah. And uh, both both stories in this segment today are Project Veritas busts, and they're, like, absolutely on a roll. Always, always, always a great place to park an extra $20. And, uh, dude, it's better than giving any political campaign. And it, your money's going to go. You're going to get more for your money. Put it that way. Because I'll gladly pay 20 bucks a month for this. I would pay this every month. It's better than Netflix, <laughs> which I also don't have. My district is heavily Republican and it's heavily white. Wow. I'm not a stranger to white people. I'm from a mostly white town. Yeah. And let me tell you one thing. You got to know who you're dealing with. Like, yeah. you, you got to treat them like yeah. Like, that's the only way yeah. I respect you. Like, yeah. No. Pause, pause that. I keep them right here. That, since that's a little bit muffled, I think it'll clear up in just a second. But to, just to clarify, in case you didn't hear that, she said, let me tell you one thing about white people. you got to treat them like shit. Keep them under your thumb. Keep, I keep them right here, like under my thumbs. That's where I keep it. Like, 
you have to like otherwise you get out of control like kids that's her take on white people so we'll continue sorry about that otherwise they get out of control like kids Trust me. <laughs> so you know like for me all these other people are tiptoeing around them and i'm like no that's some white shit. i ain't doing that yeah. they be like yeah. well i'm just gonna say some white shit. Yeah. And that was my problem with Bernie, because he was talking to an all-black crowd, and he was afraid to say black shit. I said, if I'm talking to an all-black crowd, I'm going to say black shit. Yeah. Now, if you don't like it, you can get your white ass up and leave. As far as getting people to um, infiltrate on the other side and everything, because the only way to go to be the army is from the inside out. And yeah. We need somebody who understands street games that we can clean up and put in a that, that that knows, like, again, we all work towards the same goal, <laughs> and we all know what the play is. Right. Almost like a secret society. Mm-hmm. Exclusive membership. Right, right. We need is that watch. Where's the gangsters? Where the street is at? Like, where they at? And I'm telling you, them with foolish fuck, you can't outswindle them. They might not know all the college words, but you can't hustle them. Right. They with their money. Mm-hmm. Like they, they see the game a mile away. Where them at? We need to put some of them in a suit and tie. Yeah, this one one young brother that um that used to be on the front line with me when I was out there right you now. He's organized. He um he a blood. But he um very political, very political. You know what I'm saying? So I would get tight to his name, so we're gonna reach out to him to and um see if y'all can have a face to face. About what yeah, we, we need. We need him to, and I, I'm gonna have to test him. I'm gonna have to test him. He yeah, gotta be able to walk, walk and talk to talk. He gotta be able to. He gotta be able right. to down his own people. He gotta be able Definitely. to explain why yeah. he used to be that way. I used to be with that, mm-hmm. shit, but I'm not with it now because. X, Y, and Z. He's going to have to be our Edward right. that shit. He can't convince me. He can't convince them. So he's a blood, and you're trying to bring him into your political movement, into your political campaign, and your political, I, I, I guess, staff, from what I can ascertain here. But if you ever wondered how places like Baltimore, Chicago, Atlanta, turn into Detroit, it's this right here. So he said he was a blood gang member. Yes. And they got to put him in a suit and tie. Yeah. And so, is it any wonder that, and again, you call it racist, call it whatever you want, but that is is what your style of leadership, and again, it doesn't necessarily have to do with the fact that she's black. It has to do with the fact that she's subscribed to hardcore leftist communist ideology and that you see this as legit, you believe this is a legitimate form of way to, to get into power and quote unquote lead. This is your idea is to get gang members into your staff and into your campaign and treat white people like her words, not mine. Yeah. And you're dropping the M bomb left and right. Like what, what on earth is this? And realize like, uh, I don't think so now. I don't think the possibility is that great to begin with, but this is the Democrat Party's legitimate candidate for, Tim, candidate for Tim Scott's seat in South Carolina. And so that guy that was just saying a minute ago, they call us communists. I would bet money she at a minimum identifies as a socialist. She's a communist. I don't give a shit what you say. Like, that's, what is this? This is organized crime. Like, dude, it was the Democrat Party's now telling her to back out. And she's saying she's not going to do it. But, th- I mean... Does that does it or does it not meet the the definition of racketeering? Oh, Dude, absolutely. you should be sitting like not only should you not be running, you you should be tried for this. Like you're you're getting drug money, gang 
money off the sale of illegal narcotics and, and probably prostitution and a multitude of other things, and you want to be a senator for South Carolina, you want to represent South Carolina and Washington, D.C. as a senator. And how fitting is that of modern-day politics? I mean, that's why people are so fed up with this stuff. And that's that's the exact reason why people say, uh, I don't, I'm not going to vote. It doesn't matter. Well, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. But, but at the same time, this also would have never been exposed if it had never been for an outfit like Project, Ver- Project Veritas. And that's why I'm saying they make such a difference. And that's why I always sing their praises. It's because this, this potentially would have never seen the light of day if it wasn't for them. Yeah. And, but there's only, there's only one of them right now. And so the, you had all these leftist outlets uh, talking to, or asking James O'Keefe at a press conference if, if he's going to release the full audio in context. What, what context is there? They, they were trying to, to pacify this behavior. They were trying to rather excuse this behavior because that's what they do. They stick together. Whereas, dude, if, if, you've, got, if you've got a Republican dead to rights like that, man, you're busted, dude. You're out of here. you got to go. I'm not on board with that. The full context of her? Right. Okay. I don't see that much context was missing at all. And so, as promised, this is on uh, Kanakoa's uh, Substack. And we'll have a link to it. And there's a ton, ton of good information in their Substack. So, have Chinese spies infiltrated American election? Connect CEOs deleted website reveals Chinese Communist Party roots. And so, there's stuff that was translated from Chinese for this article. And so, this is from this is a quote from the uh, the website we're talking about here. After the 17th National Congress of the Communist Party of China, with a continuous development of political and economic reform all kinds of election activities will become more and more a norm. We have a senior professional team that has been engaged in election service and management for a long time, and we have the experience of overseas election internship and exchange. We can provide the most professional election consulting service and election activity solutions for all places and levels of party com- committees, NPCs, CPPCCs, trade unions, overseas Chinese federation, women's federations, communist youth league, villages, towns, streets, communities, and units that have the need for election and evaluation of priorities. On a now defunct website for the Chinese election company, and this is where I was talking about the names are a little bit, they're going to be mispronounced and they're kind of going to run together because they all somewhat sound the same and they're confusing, but I digress. Yinhua Hulian Network Technology Company, the statement above was written by Eugene Yu, the founder and CEO of Connect Inc., a U.S. election company based out of East Lansing, Michigan. You, who graduated from Zihang University in 1982 before receiving his MBA from Wake Forest University, University in 1988, founded Michigan's Connect Inc. on March 20, 2002, registering the domain www.connect.com one month later. On November 29, 2005, the Michigan CEO, whose Chinese name, Hinwei Yu, founded his Chinese election company, Hinhua Hulian Network Technology Company, in Hinhua City, Xinjiang Province, China. On February 25, 2006, Yu registered the website www.yulian.cn for his Chinese election company to his American election company's email address, eyu.connect.com. In a 2013 archived version of his Chinese website, Yu praised the vision of the former Chinese president, comrade Hiang Zemin, as he wrote in Chinese, quote, After a lot of practice and many years of scientific and technological investment, 
in line with the principle of political task first and economic benefits of enterprises second. Let me read that again. Political tasks first and economic benefits of enterprise second. Our company has perfected and formed the whole set of election management theory and software tools in line with China's national conditions. We hope to ride on the spring breeze of political reform and provide you with election consulting services and election campaign management in line with China's national conditions based on our democratic election campaigns with Chinese characteristics. On a website page labeled Success Stories, you listed in Chinese, Election Management Solutions Detroit, Election Volunteer Management System, Election District Point Management System, Election Warehouse Management System, and lastly, U.S. Overseas Voter Election Management System, a program in which he managed voting for U.S. citizens and military service members residing overseas. You, who previously redirected traffic from his Chinese election company's website, www.yulian.cn, to his American election company's website, connect.com, even prominently featured the same banner image on top of both sites. And there, there's photos of this. And like I said, if you link to the Substack, you'll be able to see all this. So he, he has the, the content that's translated from Chinese and he's got the graphics as well. So my investigation into Eugene Yu and Connect Inc. began two weeks ago after Catherine Engelbrecht of True the Vote and Greg Phillips of OPSEC organized an event on Saturday, August 13th in Arizona called The Pit. During the event, they revealed that they had been part of a year-long investigation into Connick. And I want to reiterate to our listeners, when we played the podcast clip of Greg Phillips alluding, cryptically alluding to finding something a lot bigger than 2,000 mules, this is what he was making reference to. So, and like I said at the opener, this was, at this the point of this recording, this is the, the briefest, albeit the most um, information-filled summary I think that has been done on on this topic yet so and I think that this guy does I, they've got a lot of people doing what this person is doing but I think he's, he's probably the most concise articulate and fluid one so that's why I chose this one and I've been kind of waiting for this to flesh out a little bit before we covered more of this so I've been anxious about it but during the event, they revealed that they had been part of a year-long investigation into Connect with federal law enforcement after discovering Connect server's IP address switched locations between Zhang, China, and Grand Rapids, Michigan. Do I need to read that again? Yes. During that event, they revealed that they had been part of a year-long investigation into Connect with federal law enforcement after discovering a Connex server's IP address, so that's an individual server, IP address switched locations between Zhang, China, and Grand Rapids, Michigan. Independent tech journalist Cognitive Carbon, who attended the Arizona event, wrote, quote, What they found was shocking. They found data that included personal details of nearly 1.8 million U.S. poll workers, details like their names, phone numbers, addresses, etc., even the names of family members, things that might routinely be collected when you hire someone and issue them a paycheck. But they also reportedly found rich details about where election machines were located, including floor plans of buildings used in elections. Nominally, this information would be of use by the election agencies because the application they were using helped them track their election machine inventory. But none of this should have been left out in the open for just anyone to see, and it sure as hell shouldn't have been done in China. 
in my own investigation, I was able to use LinkedIn profiles, Facebook posts, domain registrations, internet archives, company patents, and Chinese search engines, amongst other open source tools to string together a disturbing connection between Connect Inc. and two Chinese election companies, Huinhua Yulian Network Technology Company. I probably mispronounced or pronounced that differently as many times as it pops up. Like I said, it all runs together. It's Sorry, I'm not fluent in anything but redneck. <clears throat> and Hinhua Hongzheng Technology Company Limited. Subsequently, I wrote about the connections between the companies and their two founders, Eugene Yu and Lean Yu, in three articles and numerous social media posts over the last two weeks. There's links to those. And again, th- this is a brief summary of, of that work. These articles document how Connect Inc. has been hiring Chinese coders for their branch in Hinhua Zhejiang since at least 2005, how the American company built a communication platform for the Confucius Institute in 2006, how Australian parliament members complained about Connect's Chinese coders during their 2020 election, and how one of the Chinese companies named Hongzheng Technology after being founded by Lin Yu on April 13th, 2015, and registered to Eugene Yu's Michigan website on July 31st, 2015, has been building voting technology for China's National People's Congress in partnership with Lenovo. And so this, this next, how do you pronounce that? That Because that's the, that's the cell phone. Yeah. The the cell. Huawei. Yeah, that's the one that was so at the center of so much debate. Yeah, you still can't buy those in the U.S. Because they're connected to the CCP, yes, correct? correct. And you pronounce that how? I think that's it. Huawei or something. Okay. Yiwei, Huawei, however it is. China Unicom, China Telecom, and China Mobile. Yesterday, an independent journalist named Digger Sleuth, I've seen some of their work, who published this monumental article on August 16th, which laid the foundation for my Chinese research, discovered the archive version of Eugene Yu's www.yulian.cn. Incredibly, in the copyright feature at the bottom, Eugene Yu mixed in an American site he registered, red, reddatesoft.com with Lin Yu's Chinese company, Hinhua Red Date Software Company, on his Chinese election company's website, yulian.cn, which was registered to his American election company's email address, eu at connect.com, perfectly linking a voting technology company used in Australia, Canada, and the United States through Connect Inc., Yuzhan Yu, Hulian Network Company, Lean Yu, Red Date Software Company, and Hanzang Technology Company, to a Chinese Communist Party election company partnered with China's largest telecom giants in Hinhua City, Xinjiang Province, China. To summarize, Eugene Yu registered the Hulian Network business under his Chinese name, Hinwei Yu. The Hongzheng Technology Business, an election company partnered with Lenovo, Huawei, China Unicom, China Mobile, China Telecom, and China's National People's Congress, was registered to Lin Yu. The websites for Hulian Network and Hongzheng Technology were both registered to Eugene Yu's Connect email addresses. Lin Yu worked as a supervisor for Eugene Yu and Hulian Network from 2014 until 2019. Furthermore, Lin Yu's Red State Software Company was prominently featured on the footer of Eugene Yu's Chinese election website, yulian.cn. On yulian.cn, the Michigan CEO openly praised, quote, comrade 
Xinjiang Zemin and the Chinese Communist Party stating his company's principle is political tasks first and economic benefits of enterprise second before listing election management solutions Detroit and U.S. overseas voters as his, quote, success stories. Incredibly, despite all the information sitting on the Internet, Eugene Yu still currently provides voting technology at the heart of elections to Australia, Canada, and the United States. What's more, according to Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips, the FBI's Washington, D.C. office is now attempting to cover up this national security crisis rather than investigating why Chinese nationals partner with Chinese telecom giants or programming U.S. election software. I don't have a whole lot to add to that other than that, like we talked about before the last time we talked about this, for the machines to have the abilities that, that were talked about in the, what was the last film, uh, Selection Code. The, that, the abilities that they, that they proved the machines had should not exist in an honest election. This is so far removed from even that. This, this should never, ever happen. This should never have happened. And this, and I, I would, would beg our listeners, I know to some people that this might sound boring. It might run together. Please, please, Look in the description, click this link, share this link with everybody you know. Because like everything else that I've said, it's conspiracy until it's not. This isn't a conspiracy. This is all verifiable fact. Everything that's just outlined here has been screenshotted, saved. A lot of this stuff has been shut down, and they've tried to scrub a lot of this, but they've saved it all. And I can't help but think everything that we've covered, the majority of things that we've covered tonight, all draw back to the opening story of wanting to curb real information like this this is dangerous to their 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 power structure yeah imagine if everybody knew this they could put a stop to it the whole idea about being political not being political obviously like everybody knows i've been this been paying attention to this for a long time and so that's the thing when you know in the abstract mitch mcconnell his his indebtedness to to the chinese you know that it's happened you've got the feeling that it happened it's obvious that there's something that isn't on the up and up going on. There's some sort of corruption there. And this is kind of peeling the curtain back and starting to expose what's really happening. And see, they'll do everything they can to discredit this. If they can't, like, they'll try to discredit it. They'll try to make sure that it doesn't get out, and then they'll suppress it. And we, we've seen, like I said, in the opener, what they want to do legislatively to, to be able to, to hide things like this. So it's always this multi-tiered, ever-changing defense mechanism on their behalf. They, they can't allow it. So when you ask why, it's because we've been sold out. That's exactly why. Yeah. This week, an idiot cross-dressing, confused moron, pervert, Democrat, nut job wackos. The next scalp that they got, and this is a hum freaking dinger, dude. Oh, this is beautiful, man. Uh, I just like, and again, there will be a link if the for the people that haven't seen this, there will be a link in the description to this. Because this guy is the stereotypical hair bun, patchy beard, I mean, effeminate dude. 
And so they, to, to, to recap their three-part series, the curriculum, they got an assistant principal and then I can't remember what the, the woman, she wasn't a headmaster at a monastery last week, whatever she was. She had a position of leadership. Yeah. Now they've bagged another assistant principal. And, dude, this, again, this is a humdinger. And so uh, we'll, we'll just we'll just let this rip, and we'll, we'll break it down here after it's over. I'm the assistant principal. Yeah. What would you do, though, as a principal, if you knew there was a conservative applying? Would you hire such a no. person? Would they you? say that, like... Wait, wait, pause that one more time. I'm sorry. Is... I knew there was one thing I was forgetting. The speech pattern of this butthole is this the same thing that I'm always describing as how they all talk. It's like something that this age bracket and down they always do, and it's they all do it. And so like when they run them through these indoctrination mills, this how does that happen? Their speech pattern is literally all the same, and the, and it goes nationwide. So you know. Obviously, you would have differences in accent and dialect for geographical areas. Traditionally, they all have this same weird speech pattern, and you'll see it; it's undeniable. But tell me, tell me when you start picking up on it. Is about you know, like everyone is equal. It's like that person. Yeah. Um, like for kindergarten for Pride Month, it's like you should be whoever you feel like you should be. The conversation is deep. In. The conversation is deep, and as the kids get older. See, these people know what they're doing is sick, dude. Meet Todd Soper, assistant principal of neighborhood charter schools in Harlem. He's in charge of more than 670 students. Like Jeremy Boland, the vice principal in Connecticut, he also refuses to hire conservatives and has a line of questioning to reveal their political views. What would you do, though, as a principal, if you knew there was a conservative applying? Would you hire such a no. person? Yeah, we have like, very specific questions, and like ultimately, like our diversity, equity, and inclusion question, like our DEI question, is yeah. like it's very telling if somebody has like yeah, there done it is. a lot of work yeah. within themselves, within the profession. Um, but even conservative, like even people, and it comes out like if people don't answer the, that question right, yeah. they're just an automatic not. Like higher. what? Give me an example of not answering that question. Like what? What are the words? They say that like diversity is about if they say something that lends itself to be colorblind yeah. which could happen like oh it's like you know like everyone is equal like those things that are well-intentioned statements but they're missing the depth of understanding yeah. of how like, the intersections of our identity um, live out in the world it's like that person right now. yeah this begs the question, if Soper won't hire any conservatives, what does he do with teachers who already work for him who might already be conservatives? He was quick to tell our journalist just that. So there, maybe there's this one teacher who almost like refused to talk about Juneteenth a few years ago and didn't want to like teach a lesson. Like in addition to their neurodiversity and their special needs, like our students' lives matter based on yeah. the color of their skin. Yeah. Um, and how that intertwines into the context of the world. Yeah. And so if you're not willing to embrace fully that aspect of our students and that means talking openly about race and talking about injustices in the world, then I don't know if you're gonna be able to like fully like 
fulfill your responsibilities. What was her What was her reasoning she, for being she resistant? Didn't to, she didn't want to teach Black Lives Matter. I don't think that she thinks that the race is a big deal. Oh. So she was just kind of like, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Like, I love kids, so it's fine. I was like, well, no, like, you have to love all of them. So you have to acknowledge that there is the potential for the relationship of experience discrimination. Yeah. Was she fired or? No, she left. She would have probably been fired eventually, just based yeah. off of, like, mindset, but, yeah, she left. It's clearly worrisome that these institutions will be responsible for our children's growth and well-being. Classrooms are not meant to indoctrinate students. Sober tries to push his political agenda onto students as young as five. Watch how he discusses bringing Pride Day to kindergartners. We have always and like will continue to like embrace diversity on all levels. So yes. the same way we embrace um, identities that are based off of ethnicity, skin tone, and gender, like yeah. we also embrace orientation, so we make student friendly. Sure. Um, like for kindergarten for Pride Month, we got every in first grade, like every kid had like a mirror, and we talked about like there's like a read aloud yeah. about um, an animal or about a boy that said he wanted to be a mermaid, and it's like a way to start like in the group. Was like you should be whoever you feel like you should be, and that was kind of like the message of the read aloud. Yeah, yeah. And then were you able to encourage them that like gender? Yeah, I think so. Like it's delicate, right? So like in kindergarten and first grade, they're five and six. But yeah. I think we start with the you, like the umbrella theme of like embrace who you are. You have to love who you are. Yeah, and, yeah that's awesome. Um, each part of you is beautiful. Whatever you feel. Yeah. As kids get older. And the idea of like gender becomes more salient, uh, yeah. which happens more towards like fourth grade. Yeah. It's conversations around like it's just okay. So the, the conversations deepen. Dude, and the thing, assistant principal. I mean, how did he, he become the assistant yeah, principal? I mean, look how young he is, and he just, he has no business being. Well, there. I mean, he came out of the indoctrination mill, and I'm, and that's the thing about all of these busts. You think the people, the other administrators, and the staff didn't know and the principal himself didn't know that this was occurring i say bs because the entirety of the school system that where you find this rot it needs to be rooted out and eradicated and so teaching you know kindergartners about gender theory and man when you and when you listen to them talking mm -hmm. about all the psychobabble nonsense like it it seems like something out of your know, idiocracy the, the stuff you're saying like this is nonsense like well i mean it's not nonsense. It's, it's carefully crafted and orchestrated communism masquerading as something, which that's the thing, man. To them, they really believe that that's a positive thing. But why is it that they have to, like, why are you hiding it? They, they, they you consistently throughout these stories, one of the prerequisites is that they hide it from the parents. And when, they, when these people get busted, and this guy was no different, they don't want to talk to the media. They can't defend their actions. If you believe in this so strongly that you're pushing on kindergartners, how come you can't defend your stance? Why were you hiding it to begin with? Because you know that it's perverted and you know that it's wrong. And that's and so one of the things I've noticed on Truth Social, people tr like leftists, like trolls, will try to, they've tried to reverse the idea of calling it, like you call everybody a groomer. Well, if you support this, that's what yeah. you are. Like, because that's exactly what this is. You're grooming children because you're a bunch of reprobate, pervert, sick, manipulative wackos. Yeah, that's insane. Well, again, I mean, I don't think anybody can disagree. That is beautiful, beautiful work. And 
again, I, I, and I say that in defense of my, my request that people contribute money to Project Veritas. Boom, roasted. That's too true for radio. No, you can't sing about it. They'll show you the door. Cause Nashville ain't got any balls anymore. They cast you aside, hope you'll tuck tail and leave. But you ain't ever met an old boy quite like me. Well, I'd rather be real than put on a fake show. But that's too true for radio.